this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Kelly Pollack. She is an executive leader in philanthropy and past TEDx speaker that brought creativity to the rescue, the power of the whole brain, whole body leadership, which was such a great talk, Kelly. It was fun. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. It's such a great talk. And, And so tell us, I mean... Where did the concept of this talk come from? I mean, obviously you're an expert. You're an expert in that area because that's what a TEDx speaker is. I'm an expert in this. You're an expert. In well, really I don't know cool. if I'm an expert in creativity, but um, it really was a kind of a full circle moment. So the the whole concept of my talk was really about kind of unleashing the knowledge that I had gained over a career of 25 years working at um, an organization based in creativity and arts education and a program that we developed during my time there that was going to bring creativity, leadership skills uh, to the workplace. And so, um, you know, once we started that program, Coca Biz, it really um, started pretty soon after its a, its um, launch to work with TEDx. And so um, TEDx speakers were among the first groups that we started training to, to talk about storytelling and visuals yes. and communicating your message. And so for me, it was this wonderful opportunity to kind of marry my kind of career path and building that program, but also trying to let people know, like, normal people who aren't artists, who aren't, you know, musicians or dancers or actors, just like normal people that our right brain has so much power and that it's like this underutilized asset. And if we can lean into it and embrace it, that it opens up like a whole world of fulfillment and opportunity. So it was it was fun. It was hard work, but it was really, um, it was a really wonderful journey. But I think it's interesting how you talk about in your talk, there's a part where you're like, it's kind of interesting to see these executives, you know, dancing or doing something yes. that's so outside of their normal way of being, but that that they are willing to go there with you guys. Yes. There's um, the first thing that you have to do is to build trust yep. <laughs> in yep. so many different types of relationships. And especially when people are trying to embrace something new. Um, there's a degree of, you know, being uncomfortable and, and, a vulnerable. Scary and vulnerable. Some people don't like that vulnerable thing. Right. So it's really important that we kind of hold their hand through the process. And, um, you know, in doing these programs where we we literally get people out of their out of their seats, out of their kind of left brain, linear analytical ways of working and kind of tap into something that feels awkward, uh, feels different, but it's participatory. It's full body immersion. And um, they usually go into it clutching cell phones <laughs> and a look of terror in their eyes. Um, but once we kind of bring them through that process, I mean, at least I've always, you know, witnessed people just have an aha moment where they have discovered something that they knew was in there, but it's kind of scary to go on that journey. And, um, you know, as adults, we like to know we like to know things. We like to be experts at what we are. We right. like to be smart. And so we don't like to be vulnerable and to be learners. But um, that's kind of the whole the whole point of my message was like that's where that in that discovery process is like where this kind of beautiful journey is of like tapping into, yes, learning more about yourself, but also ability to kind of connect ideas and connect people in new ways. 
And surprise yourself. It's fun to surprise yourself. Like, I didn't know I had that in me. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's exhilarating. You know, it's like, you know, like when you're a kid riding your bike or learning something new, it's like there's this equal part exhilaration and fear factor that goes into it. But kind of when you get to the other side, it's like such a sense of accomplishment um, and a sense of empowerment and confidence building. And so it's, um, you know, and also that that idea of immersing yourself in creative practice, it it literally changes your brain composition, which to me is one of the most fascinating it, that points is, of this is right? that like there's research that shows like when you're engaged in artistic practice, it actually rewires your brain so that you you learn how to learn better. Right. And so it not only applies to, yes, artistic endeavors, but everything across your life. Like you're you're more apt to be able to learn new activities, which who doesn't want to be able to do that? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's so cool. So then – I mean, I know we can't give a whole course right now, but mm-hmm. like what is maybe something that the the super analytical person that's out there thinking, oh, I don't know, do I have any creativity? What's one little exercise or something that you could maybe help them get their creative juices flowing? Well, I think, you know, among perhaps the, the easier approaches is to think about um, you know, areas of like storytelling, um, using visual images and, and and actual kind of nuggets of story and information versus kind of facts and bullet points. Right. So that's a real kind of practical skill that, um, you know, going through one of one of the Coca Biz courses teaches you is to to really communicate a message. And it's really aligned with TEDx is just like right. to tell a story that paints the picture um, that gives the message and to you know, use visuals that complement that and that like that resonate because people that stir emotions is really what we're trying to do. Because at the end of the day, people, rem- they know how they feel right. much more than right. the facts and information. So and they remember can, the story. They connect with a story yes. and with the with the person giving the story much more than X percent of this and exactly. X percent of that. So if you can stir that, um, then that that just connects ideas and people more. So that's just a uh, a pretty practical, tangible one that most people, if they're super, super linear and analytical, they can grasp pretty quickly. Like, okay, I get that. It's still scary to like right. not lean on, you know, because you got to put, really it comes down to putting part of yourself in it. Yeah. And that's what being vulnerable means. But that's, I think, the scary part for people. It's easier to kind of put facts and information out there as opposed to put yourself out there. Um, but at but the end of the day, vulnerability like, is what. That's how you connect with the audience. If you're right. not willing to be vulnerable and you're more robotic and like facts and figures, people aren't going to leave feeling anything but, hmm, okay, I learned a little something, right. but I'm not inspired. I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't connect with that speaker, so it feels weird. What was it like for you after years of being behind the scenes mm-hmm. in Coca Biz, helping all the speakers, then to actually become a speaker? Oh, my gosh. Um one, I had such profound um, appreciation and um, just better understanding of of artists, mm-hmm. first and foremost. So that's, um, you know, I've spent my career working with artists, um, teaching artists in particular, and um, have always been around them and working with them. But to kind of be in that space where you you know, it takes your breath away to be out there on stage with no safety net mm-hmm. and no notes, um, trying to be out natural there on the red and authentic, <laughs> but, you know, have it memorized and know what you're going to say. But um, I really leaned on my artist friends. And um, again, the the experience, the journey 
um, is, is has such great support with folks like that and many of them being folks I had worked with um, in my years at COCA. But I, I really just trusted them. I, you know, they, um, you know, I learned to, to use muscle memory and other techniques that actors use versus just, you know, your in my head. I got so it. So yeah. it was, I was literally, um, you know, taking a taste of my own medicine here. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> we built this program it's that I was to leading, be on this side but now <laughs> I really have to trust and be vulnerable and put myself out there. So it was, it was, I, you know, I would say one of the most. Um, just tremendous learning journeys I've ever been on. Very cool. Yeah. And so now, what are you doing now? You're doing now something I'm, different than Coca. Now I'm on the um, now on the other side of TEDx and my years at Coca. Um, yeah. So now I serve as the CEO of the Burgess Family Foundation. So still have a a wonderful opportunity to engage with uh, our nonprofit community partners to um, you know to be on the kind of the other side of the fence and um, provide funds and grants to organizations doing tremendous work. So it's um, this wonderful, you know, kind of just same space, but taking it from a different angle, but um, really just um, amazing leaders out there doing some heavy lifting in the community and, um, you know, the kind of the nonprofit sector, that community space is where my my heart always is because I just think there's, you know, there are so many challenges, um, issues that we need to address. And that the whole nonprofit sector is just like the biggest safety net that, you know, communities across our country have. And so um, it's it's tough. They are tough models to make work. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, being a practitioner all those years, having to raise funds and manage a team and, you know, really try to, you know, deliver a mission in an impactful way it gives me kind of such great appreciation and understanding of what it's like to be in the shoes. So anyway, it's been great to partner with organizations, to provide funding for those organizations just doing incredible work and also realizing there's still a lot more to do. <laughs> Always. Well, and then one of the the um, organizations that you got that the Burgess Foundation is um, helping is Michael Woods, who also was oh, on the yeah. stage at the That's same right. time as the Dream Builders for Equity, Dream which is for really equity, cool. one of my favorite organizations. Yeah, funny story just about that is um, it happened to be, you know, I just started this role like about a year ago, and it happened to be the very day that um, I went to Dream Builders uh, for Equity. And we did a site visit and tour. We were in, you know, Michael's truck. He's driving us around North City, showing us all the amazing projects and work that they were doing. And that night was the first TEDx speaker um, meeting in back in January of this year. And, you know, I, at that point, didn't know who else was speaking. Right. I hadn't met everyone. It was the very first night. So <laughs> literally go into it. And we both had this moment where we just kind of looked at each other. And like, we had just met that day. did so we just <laughs> meet? You're in a was, different place was Michael now. was like, Kelly? He's like, Michael? We just, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I said, are you a TEDx speaker? He goes, yeah, are you? And I was like, okay, fate brought us together. So we become fast friends uh, both through our, our TEDx experience and um, just kind of partners in the the work going on in the community. So that's like just one of those wonderful relationships that um, really was launched out that's of that experience. That's so cool. <laughs> so the Burgess Foundation, like what's what are the sweet spots? Was like we want to yeah. do the following things with this money. Yeah, we we focus on four strategic priorities um, to to invest funds, and in. one is cultural engagement. So those kind of 
big anchor institutions that define our community, um, arts and culture organizations, ways that we believe, um, you know, make St. Louis more vibrant, better place to to live, to work, to invest, to visit. Um, so cultural engagement is one category. Youth empowerment is like a huge bucket of um, all of the, you know, all the pressing issues and challenges, especially facing um, our, you know, low-income, most vulnerable youth. And so how mm-hmm. can we um, make sure that we're supporting their lives in a number of different ways um, and empowering them to lead their best lives. Um, and that, of course, kind of wraps around with, you know, families and support that comes with them empowering youth. Uh, we do STEM preparedness um, to make sure that, you know, young people, especially those coming from low-income communities, have access to career pathways in STEM field. And um, finally is our heroes. So we support heroes, and that means from veterans, first responders, police, firefighters, um, those people who are boots on the ground, helping the community, who who give service every day. Um, how can we make sure that they have, um, you know, economic mobility, career pathways, um, support for them, their families, and making sure that for all that they do for our community, that we're um, helping to support the work that and the, you know, enrich their lives. So those are the four priority areas. Um, we're all St. Louis based, and mm-hmm. so every investment we make is about. Lifting up St. Louis, um, I like to say the work is, you know, an inch wide, mile deep, looking for organizations who are kind of best practice and who are really having a transformative impact on the people that they're serving. So, right. it's, you know, we tend to skew more towards those kind of organizations who have sustained results and deep relationships versus more introductory exposure um, opportunities in some organizations, which are fabulous and needed, but there's limited resources, so you have to just kind of prioritize, like, right. this is the window that we're going to try to focus on. I love that it's St. Louis. I mean, because, I mean, that's what we do as a TEDx, mm-hmm. right? We, we want to showcase people from our area. Yeah. There's no reason to go outside of this area because we have such treasures, mm-hmm. people that are doing amazing work right here. There's no reason for us to go anywhere else. Oh, that's right. There's there's so much opportunity, and I think, you know, our, our work is about making sure that St. Louis lives into its potential, that we know that um, there's so much greatness going on in different pockets. And it's about aligning resources and focus so that we can, you know, address the areas where we have challenges and make sure we're enhancing and shining a light on those areas that are already like working and and making St. Louis this kind of fabulous, vibrant place to live. So tell people where they can find out more about you and the Burgess Foundation. Yeah, well, um, anyone can... Look us up um, on the website or, or is at BurgessFamilyFoundation.org. Um, ton of information about um, about everything that we're doing, organizations that we're serving, and, you know, everyone's welcome to apply and submit. It's obviously competitive, and we're, we're <laughs> yep, looking for yep. um, organizations that really are hit the target for what we're looking at. But it's, you know, part of my job is to to be out there in the community to kind of build relationships, to um, having been a practitioner, to provide you know, support that goes beyond giving a check and a grant. It's how do we um, help develop leaders and build capacity in organizations and kind of share information and knowledge and resources so that, um, you know, as you're, you know, people who are working in the nonprofit sector, like head down doing some very heavy lifting. And so just giving them kind of a partner in the space to let you know you're not alone. We're here. And, um, you know, so that that takes a lot of different shapes, but it's, right. um, it's really fulfilling. It sounds lovely. I love it. So I have some fun questions okay. for you. Um, the first one is, 
is, you know, in fact, my daughter and I were talking about this recently, how smells bring back such memory. Is there a smell that brings back some memory from childhood or just that you're like, oh, this reminds me of, I love that smell. It's funny. It's, you know, there's a smell that is so distinct that is not necessarily one of my favorite smells when it stays on me, but the smell of campfire <laughs> for me is, um, you know, I grew up um, doing a lot of camping with my family. My husband and I, our family is very outdoorsy. Um, we have a, a little lake property in our way that, you know, friends and family gather often. And so the smell of a campfire brings back just all sorts of great memories, both from childhood and recent memory that, um, you know, friends with guitars around campfires, oh, and roasting fun. marshmallows. And um, I don't love the way my hair smells the next day. <laughs> but I got to say when I... And, and, and the this, clothes, it's like everything, it. However, everything. It just, however, that initial kind of smell of a campfire is like an instant, you know, take me right there. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that answer. <laughs> um, so I noticed, because, you know, I, I always stalk my, my guests a little <laughs> yes. bit to learn a little bit more. But I noticed that your Kelly Lamb... Is your maiden name, name? My maiden name, correct. So my daughter's name is Mickey, and she has she has heard the song, Oh, Mickey, you're so fun, about <laughs> 8,000 times at this point. Did you have to go through life hearing Mary or Kelly has a little lamb? <laughs> yeah, I did have a lot of lamb. Um, yeah, the little lamb, Mary had a little lamb song. But actually, I, I do remember probably in elementary school, and this is this might be for a, a narrow audience, but... <laughs> The, the sitcom Cheers, which was on for you know, yep. years and years, there was some episode where, um, oh gosh, what was this? Woody Harrelson's character had a girlfriend, I think, Kelly, and he okay. had a song, Kelly, 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 oh. Kelly, 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 Kelly. And so <laughs> there was a long period of time where that Cheers little <laughs> song played out, um, which um, I guess it could be worse, but yeah, that was... Um, I do remember that. <laughs> I get it. I re my daughter was waited on tables for a while there, and she was just like, oh, mom. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times. Like, my name's Mickey, and they're like, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard that one before, yeah. you know. Everyone's got a song, a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, so what I do here, my big um, – the big topic for this podcast is really kindness. I love kindness. And, and you know, obviously what you have done over the years and are doing now is uh, so much kindness. But share with us a top of mind kindness, whether it's something you received, you witnessed, um, that you, you gave. What is a kindness story or a kindness thought? Well, I guess probably one that's right um, near and dear at the, at the moment is I just— we dropped our son off, our oldest, um, for college um, in a different state last week. And, you know, for anyone who's done that, it's such an emotional journey. Oh, I so think, emotional. I it's the most ironic, irrational human mm -hmm. emotion in life because it's like everything you've worked for yeah. and you've wanted this moment and then right. you achieve it and you want it to just go away. <laughs> Not yes. happen. But I will say there, um, that kind of mom network has really lifted me up over the past few weeks and countless kind of articles and nudges of and, and text and just this like little moments of kindness of someone taking time out of their day to say, here's an article, read this. I know what Aww. you're going through. It'll be okay. Give it a few weeks, you know, um, because when you're in it, it feels very overwhelming no, and emotional. I'm here. <laughs> no, I did that last year. Mm -hmm. I my daughter and I drove she's going to school in Denver. We drove to Denver mm -hmm. and I flew back so she'd have her car there. But 
I was a hot mess getting to that airport. I was like, I am going to look like something really bad has just happened to me as I walk (laughs) into this airport. And then I remember getting home and I just like went to her bedroom and laid down. And I was just like, oh, I let it out. (laughs) I'm going to cry now. It's so emotional. But it's, it's that thing of, yeah, you know, you're you have this child. And then there's all these little letting go moments, letting go, letting go, letting go. And this that is, a, is a big letting go. <laughs> big That's like the big one, yeah. you know, and you're just like, oh, no, you know. And and when she comes home, she was at home this summer. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm happy doing your laundry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with doing your laundry. I'll make, I'll make dinner for you, you know, and you're just like fine with it all. It's and then totally it, true. And, it, and, you know, you have to go through it again. Because they leave again to go back to college. But at the same time, it wasn't as difficult this okay. time. My um, my former colleague and friend, Pam, told me, like, as I was prepping, she's like, it's going to feel like your heart's being ripped out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, that's and so not helpful. Just but I get it. Sending it away, true. you know. It's true because it's it's literally a piece of you. So there's this, like, this grieving process, this kind of profound sense of loss. But – um, yeah, it's everything that you, as a parent, that you want to happen. Right. I want this kid that's independent and, and off on their own. And you're like, maybe I don't. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a transition. So anyway, I'm right in the thick of that transition. And um, there have been lots of moments of kindness. Just a friend reached out yesterday, sent me an article to read. It's just like those, um, you know, it's just, you know, a reminder that there's a community of people around you. And you're not the first one to send your child yeah. to college and you won't be the last, but there's people thinking about you and, and um, just Aww. showing a little kindness because they get it. So so what's your son's name? Oliver. Where's he going? Oh, what a great name. Where's, yeah. where's he going? He's going to UGA, to George, University of Georgia. All right. Yeah, so Very cool. Athens, so. All right, Oliver. Get those grades. <laughs> Make us <right>? proud. <laughs> Make it all worth it. We dropped you off and we've That's got right. you this far. We've invested. <laughs> I love it. Well, Kelly, thank you mm-hmm. so much. I mean, thank you for... Being a speaker on our stage, mm-hmm. I know that is a lot of preparation mm-hmm. and work. I know it's not easy. Mm-hmm. I know that we put you guys through it. But um, thank you for doing that, and thank you for all you do. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure to be a, a TEDx speaker. Um, you do provide just a wonderful supportive process, and I'm always just enamored the fact that it's all all volunteer-led organization. I think that just speaks volume about the commitment and the passion that the people surround the organization so you know you're in good hands of people who care deeply. Um, but I am glad to be on the other side of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's all the time for him. I, but I, I think, know. you know, for me too, it's the, you know, and I think you um, have witnessed this through the years. It's the relationships, the people you meet, the ideas of, that you come in contact with through the experience that um, really it, it changes kind of who you are and who, how you think about things. And so, um, so I'm grateful for that. So thank you for having me, um, both as a TEDx speaker and here today. Well, thank <laughs> you. I appreciate everything. And yes, um, you guys, so to, again, the Burgess Foundation online, you can find mm-hmm. out everything about that. And Kelly Pollock's out there. She's mm-hmm. like one of our St. Louis people. Out and about. Out so and about around. doing everything. <laughs> yeah. So hook up with her on LinkedIn because that's where you're going to know everything. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Mish. Everybody out there, thank you so much. You're listening to Mishmash Podcast. Go be kind. Love you. Thank you. Thank you.